Welcome to the School for Small Business podcast, where small business owners come to learn the keys to running a successful small business on their own terms. We've been in your shoes, scaling from the basement to the boardroom. We understand the highs and lows of entrepreneurship. And the one thing we know, business doesn't have to be hard. Let us make it easy for you. No business degree required. Join us as we unpack what it really takes to have success. The time, the money, and the freedom that you desire, all while having a massive impact on the people you serve. It's okay to want it all. If you've ever referred to yourself as an accidental entrepreneur, this is the podcast for you. We're going to dive into the mindset, the strategy, and everything in between. While you're busy supporting others, let us support you. Hello, and welcome back to the School for Small Business podcast. It's your host, Stacey Millard, and today I'm recording this episode a couple days after coming back from an incredible mastermind in the room with 13 other high-level entrepreneurs, as well as one incredible leader. Shout out to Chris Harder and the level of people he gets puts in a room together. Sometimes with masterminds, we think about how in a true mastermind, when everybody is coming together for people, that, you know, the power is in the room. And that is fantastic. But also, there's something to be said for the leader that draws those type of people who show up to be in that room in together. So shout out to Chris and the incredible work that he's doing for small businesses or for any type of business, really. And today in this episode, I really, I thought I would just like, dig through all of the notes. This is probably going to be all over the place, but I have a notebook and so many different ideas. And I'm just going to run through with you some of the most potent things that happened in biz- in this mastermind and how they, I think, will change my business. So one of the first things that I will say that really came about with this mastermind for anybody out there who might be listening that hosts masterminds, I will say the intention of Chris and his team when crafting this event and crafting the order that things happened in, one thing that set this mastermind apart that was done really incredibly well is setting the intention of the group asking for help. The questions that started off the event were designed to make us request help to talk about the great things in addition to the the things that we're struggling with. So it wasn't just a complaining fest and to ask for help. Like we had to ask and it really just set an intention of, hey, we're all here to help each other. And it was fantastic. So some of the biggest things that came, lessons that came is leaving time for miracles. Without white space in your calendar, you're constantly in a state of hustling, 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 going from one thing to the next, and really not leaving yourself time to dream. And it stood out for me because I'm in a stage right now where I'm scaling two businesses simultaneously, and it's at an incredible rate, and that is making things really challenging to have white space. But that reminded me of like, okay, I really need to get back to a place where I have more white space in my calendar very intentionally, not time where I'm like, okay, I have just no appointments. I'm checking off the to-do list, but more so like time out on a walk, not listening to a podcast time, you know, sitting in a chair and just dreaming things up. Maybe it's first thing in the morning and that is when the magic happens. So that'll be something that I'm implementing. One of the other things that I really noticed very quickly on in the mastermind was that everyone has something that they're scared of. No matter whether it was somebody who is doing just barely six figures in business or somebody who is about to hit eight, 
everybody has something that they're scared of. Everybody has some challenge that they're working on and we are not alone. Everybody had something that they needed to work towards. And I say that because a lot of the times in business, we think that it's just us and we are alone in this and we don't ask for help and we just feel all these things, but it's, it's not actually true. We're literally all going through the same thing. And a lot of the time, the things that we're going through is something that every other business is going through too. And maybe the advice that we're getting isn't new, but sometimes it's the way that we hear it that's new. It's the timing of when we're hearing it. So don't stop, you know, chatting with other business owners, really lean in, ask for help and get the advice. Now, one of the other things that I thought was incredibly important that I wrote down is having time to analyze the goals versus your progress, right? Making that time very specific of like, what is my goal? What is my progress? Am I getting closer? What would make this go faster? You know, what's taking a little bit longer? And that maybe is a little bit different than that white space because it's not just time to like think and dream. It's really time to get yourself out of your business and make those CEO level decisions. So for me, I'm going to be making sure that I implement that every single week, something I got away from, but I will be getting back to. Another really cool idea that we were really talking about is that every business needs a face. I've heard this multiple times lately, but it was really impactful remembering that, you know what, sometimes we actually don't want to be the face of our business. Sometimes we want it to just be a little bit more obscure, not necessarily about us as a business owner, and that's totally okay. But one of the things that came up is that we can create an avatar. For example, for Love Powered Co. for me, I don't really want to be the face of that business. It's not about me, but I do want people to believe that things can happen. So my one consideration there is thinking about how do I create an avatar? Maybe our littles characters can become the face of the business for Love Powered Littles and really bringing in people where they resonate with the, with the little characters instead of resonating with Stacy. Some other incredible ideas was you don't find talent the way you want them. You find talented people that you need to train up into certain positions. I told you this is going to be all over the place. These notes are from like 20 minute sessions where there are so many different things talked about and then we're on to the next person. So when you're training your team, you know, often in small business, it's not about finding the specialist. It's about finding the generalist. Well, you're never going to find a generalist exactly how you want them. You have to find somebody who has the same values as you. You have to find somebody who you believe has the potential to learn and then you have to teach them. But if you, if you have the values, that is like you find them talented, talented in learning, and then you train them to be what you need. Another comment that, oh, this one was so good. Okay. If it is a part of your mission, it's a part of your job. Having that type of culture within your business, that one hit like a bomb. But what I will also say is in this conversation, this business owner was talking about how they show up to do everything in their business. How, you know, if something's out of place, they fix it. And that was so potent. The two, two ideas together, because you want a culture where if it is a part of the mission, it's a part of their job. So having a clean workspace is a part of their job. That being said, as a business owner, you shouldn't be cleaning workspaces, right? Your team should already have that culture set in them and that mindset set in them that they clean that up. So yes, you can show up to do everything. You can show up to dive in. And that is, you know, you really care about your business. And that is a, that's a torch to hold. 
But at the same time, you shouldn't be doing that. And sometimes if we're the ones always doing it as a business owner, then I would also argue that it means that nobody else is doing it. And that's a culture problem as well. So that I think was important. Also talking about how every single person in the business should have some sort, some of their business tied to key performance indicators, like some level of their compensation is really tied into what they're doing for the business. Another thing is that really as a business, we have to stop looking for people to provide us opportunities. This came up when we were talking about being featured in magazines and some things like that and how it really came down to the fact that like, you know what, you need to ask to have those opportunities. And then once you're doing it all, all of a sudden the people are going to be showing up and being like, hey, we'd love to have you in this magazine. Hey, we'd love to have you here. But you never, ever, ever from the start get good enough that somebody just like, it would take forever to get good enough that somebody's like, hey, we think you should be in this magazine. No, you manage to ask and pull those levers and get yourself noticed and then people start noticing you. So don't be afraid to ask. Don't be afraid to call your shot and ask people to help you get there. Okay, another thing that came up quite a bit during our conversation was all the different ways to get yourself noticed, to bring publicity to your business and almost this level of like, you know, oftentimes we can feel like we need to do all the things. But for me, the advice that I gave to so many people was like, let's come back to why we're doing what we're doing and what is the return on investment. So a really, really great example of this is a conversation I had with a friend a couple weeks ago who was like, hey, I'm going to start a podcast. And this was fantastic. I'm like, oh, I love the idea of a podcast because you have a lot to get out there. But one thing I know about running podcasts, especially this is a service-based business. This business isn't an online coach or anything like that. And I'm like, okay, so how is this going to help and further your business? Because it's great that you're getting some advice out there, but is that going to serve your existing customer somehow? Is that something we're pricing into like, okay, we're going to start doing this, but it's going to be a benefit to our existing customers? Is it something that is going to get us new customers? Because the one thing I know about podcasts is this is more of a like, you build it, now you need to find the people to come to it you and you have to bring them there. Not that Apple's pushing your podcast for you. So how is it that you can start like really drawing people into it? And when you think of it from that way, then maybe you decide to have, you know, your, your episodes done differently, or you decide to put it on YouTube as well, or I don't know, it could be a hundred different decisions. If that's something you're thinking about, I have lots of ideas. Let's chat. Seriously, send me a DM, but you start thinking of those things differently when you're really looking at like, okay, how is this bringing value to my people? And do I want to pay for that? Or does it have to bring value into me somehow? And again, like, how do I go about bringing that value to myself? Okay, we are also talking about email marketing, text marketing, how to get in front of people. I know that email marketing and text marketing are some favorites right now, because when you're doing social media, you really don't own the audience. Really, anything could happen tomorrow. That's definitely how it's marketed from anybody who's doing email or text. And I love the idea that you own your audience on those platforms. The couple things that stood out, though, was that looking at what's converting on email marketing. So be intentional about what you're sending out and actually looking at the results. And that text marketing, you have to work harder to get people. They're more likely to also end the marketing service. So they're, they don't sign up as quickly. You really have to provide something worth value. 
and they're more likely to discontinue. So I would agree with that. If I think of, I signed up for a text list for um, a luggage company that I wanted to buy from. And like within two days, I was like, yeah, no thanks. They weren't providing me any value. That being said, other service-based businesses, I'm on their text list and they provide me value every day. And I stay hooked up to that because I want to hear from them. Every single user is more likely to only be involved with like three to five text lists and then they're capped out. So there's like probably less potential than email in the long run. So having a strategy that kind of asks for both would be incredible. Something else completely unrelated to business was there was a nurse from the Beauty Boss and the IVIV Lounge from that's located um, just outside of Phoenix. And incredible, incredible the things that they could do with IVs for your mind and your body and for showing up well as an entrepreneur when you're in a season where you're doing all the things and you're kind of depleting things. It's incredible what they can do with IVs. So if you're in the Phoenix area, look up the IV. It's called the IV, IVY, IV Lounge. And incredible. Otherwise, like find your local practitioners because that was that was pretty cool. Another thing, stop selling so many products. Sometimes when we have too many things on the go, we actually end up with people not knowing what we're selling. So depending on your business, that might be a question you ask yourself. Like, are people getting confused with what it is we're doing? And should we be going all in on one thing until we're known for it? Until it kind of starts selling itself. And I think maybe one of the last pieces I'm going to leave with you is the cash runway. Guys, how much cash runway do you have? Have you ran the numbers? Do you know how far the cash that you have is going to get you? You know understanding especially sooner closer to the start some of the financial decisions when you're making them and you're investing if if it doesn't pan out as quickly as you think you are would like how much cash do you have to sustain that investment until it turns around and I think that's an incredible concept obviously I'm a numbers person Another one here that I've written down is stop scaling for the sake of scaling. Guys, there comes a time where your business, if you're not paying attention, it will force you to stop scaling. You will start having so many problems that you are going to be so busy handling all the problems that you're not actually going to be able to expand and get onto that next level or the million dollar year that you think you want to have because you literally are so busy dealing with problems. So you know, really take a look at your business model, look at how things are happening right now, ask your customers what their experience is, and decide on the right time that you need to slow down to speed up, find the right timing to do that. Okay, and the last very last thing, I promise this is the last thing I'm going to leave you with, I still have like 20 pages here. But I think at some point, the ideas were just like hitting home over and over again. So I'm going to leave you with one last thing is stop creating for the sake of creating a lot of times we get busy in creating things, especially for like, podcast episodes or social content and all these things. And we're not focusing on what we already have at our hands. Like, for example, how often are you using your existing testimonials? You don't necessarily need to be going out there looking for new thing or generating new content. It's about repurposing what we already have and using what's already available to us to really, you know, make make the best use of our dollars. So sometimes we're always looking for that next investment. Like how do we get to that next level? And it's not always about that. Start asking yourself, like, how can I do more with less? How can, how can I use what I already have to have a bigger impact? And yeah, 
I just think that that question really made me think like, hey, wait a minute, I'm so focused on all these things, but like, I actually have so much available at my at my fingertips. Like, I just need to go back through some podcast episodes and I'd have content for months. So, you know, depending where you're at, it's not always about doing more. It's about making efficient use of where things that you already have. Okay, that was like drinking from a fire hose for the last 15 minutes. Thank you for listening. Those are the types of things that you learn at a mastermind when you're in community with these people and they're all asking the same questions and you know, the nuances of their business are different, but when you're hearing them ask the questions, you're like, wait a minute, this applies to me. Here's what I'm thinking for me. And I was so busy writing down, like I have to, I have to have like 40 to 50 pages of scribbled notes of things to come back to. And I guess the one thing I would also say is when you're doing that kind of thing at a mastermind where you are writing drastically, again, like going back to the last point of making efficient use of what's already at your fingertips. Now it's no longer about signing up for the next next in-person mastermind and getting in the next group and, you know, hustling to do all that stuff. It's about making use of what's already available. So in this case, for me, that's about making use of all these notes and actually implementing them instead of searching for new and next without actually doing any of the work. If you are doing those types of things where you're like in all these different rooms and you're not having the impact and you're not seeing the results that you want to have, I would want to argue that you're not implementing well enough or maybe you're not in the right room, but I would argue that you're not implementing well enough, that you're not taking the time to act on what you've learned. I want to just thank you for bearing with me through this like brain dump. You know, this is the way my mind works in a mastermind. Here's all the things in no particular order that are coming up that I am working on implementing in my business. I would love to hear from you. What are you working on in your business? Shoot me a DM on Instagram. I, I really... One of the things about me that I've I'm known to be true but felt so drastically this last year is that I love to be of service to people. I feel lit up by by you know being in community and in conversation and pouring into people. So if you want to do me a favor, please send me a note on Instagram. Tell me your takeaways, tell me what you're struggling with, and I just I'm so happy to help and thank you in advance. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the School for Small Business podcast. That's right. I'm saying thank you because I believe so heavily in small businesses and how they are the backbone of our community. And I am so grateful that you are taking the steps to make sure that your small business is here for the long run, supporting your family and your community. And I just love it. If you found any nuggets from this episode that were helpful to you, I want to ask you a favor. I want to ask that you share them with a friend. Because if you found them helpful, somebody else will as well. And it's that concept of the rising tide raises all ships. So please go ahead and share with a friend, whether it's on social, maybe you're sending them an email the old school way. I don't know, you want to send a letter, but any way you want to share, I would just be eternally grateful. And as always, like, please just shoot me a DM on Instagram. I love to chat with small business owners.